what was meant to make our lives easier and better, do you feel like it, it has actually made it harder on us because we get so overwhelmed by all of the recipes and all the options out there right now? Yeah, I hear that a lot from people too. It's just like, I don't even know. I don't, like there's too much. I don't even know what to choose or what to make. And I think it probably also makes it seem like everyone else is doing such a better job than you are. And Welcome to the Minimal Mom Podcast. Dawn reaches a million women each month with practical tips to simplify your home. Today, Dawn is joined by Lauren and Liz from Taste Better From Scratch. These two sisters grew up in a home where everything was made from scratch. After leaving home and entering the world of dreary college cafeteria food, they were eager to compile their treasured recipes into an online collection, and Taste Better From Scratch was born. Today, their site attracts more than 10 million readers each month, and their helpful and practical cookbook is available on Amazon and other online book retailers. I'm so excited to talk with you about two things. One is meal planning, because I know that is a a big hassle for most women and something we take on a lot of guilt about when we fail at it. Um, But also some twin talk, because you guys are both identical twins. And so it's always fun um, to talk about like the questions we get asked when we're growing up, the similarities, the differences. So we're going to have some fun talking about that as well. But let's get started. First, why don't you introduce yourselves real quick? Tell us um, about your blog and your cookbook, and then we're going to jump into what you think is the best way that as women we could get back on track with meal planning. Great, sure. So I'm Lauren and this is my sister Liz. Hello. And we run the blog Taste Better from Scratch. So we both kind of have different roles within the business. I'm on more of the creator end, helping like creating recipes and she's more on the business end managing our team. And yeah, so it works out great. We love working together. We live near each other in Arizona, which is amazing. As you know, living by your twin. Yeah. We share free recipes online and we're big into meal plans. We have tons of free meal plans and uh, and a, a cookbook that's just kind of like the best of what we offer on our website. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we're about. And so your blog is Taste Better from Scratch. And how did you develop a love for scratch cooking? Is this something you grew up doing or where did the passion come behind it? Yeah, so I don't even think it's something I noticed growing up. We just always, I mean, our mom was just a great cook and we always had wonderful food. And I think we were surrounded by a lot of people who liked to cook. And and then I went to college and came to realize that wasn't the norm. Like a lot of people don't like to cook and it's very hard mm-hmm. and very stressful for them. And, you know, just seeing how my roommates were cooking and the type of processed foods they were using. I'm just like, this is so sad. Like yeah. this is yeah. such a joyful part and of I think life. How, mostly how intimidated people mm-hmm. seemed at yeah. just like the very basics, which mm-hmm. all in all makes cooking sound like a terrible chore. Yeah. That's sort of what we came to notice is, oh, people yeah. hate this, yes. but I think they yeah. hate this because they don't have maybe the basic skills or simple knowledge of like yeah. how to be successful at it. Yes. Yeah. I think that's 100% because I would have been in the camp of, I grew up with my mom hating cooking, not necessarily hating it, but just, she never had time for it. She worked full time. We lived on a farm and it was just by the end of the day, it was just one more thing. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was like, okay, we're just going to throw together a quick hot dish. You know, we're in Minnesota. So we have our hot dishes, right? Tater tot hot dish. And, um, and we had a very small rotation of foods. They were quick and easy. And, And I didn't, I don't ever really recall growing up her having much joy in Mm -hmm. the kitchen. And so I very much adopted that. Again, no fault to my mom. My mom is the coolest. Um, But I do see how our childhood shapes that. And especially if we didn't grow up knowing the basics of it, it does feel very intimidating as we get older. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you use the word joy because that's literally our mission statement is like bring the joy back to cooking because I feel like once you have a few tools and a little bit of knowledge, it really transforms your household. Like yeah. we, we really want to encourage people that not only is cooking from scratch healthier and less expensive, but it just to prepare meals and like variety of meals for your family that they're going to eat and they're going to love. And when you have a plan, it just becomes a joyful experience. Yeah. Dinner time is what it's supposed to be, which yeah. is bringing your family together mm-hmm. and enjoying a meal together mm-hmm. and just kind of make it a, a joyful thing in your life rather and it, than yeah, and it really can change the whole atmosphere mm-hmm. when everyone yeah. comes home from school or whatnot. It's either, oh my gosh, people are hungry and I have no plan and I just like hate this and I feel <laughs> bad about myself and I'm a bad mom. Yeah. Or it's like, totally flip that upside down and you already have a plan and everything, you know, and, and yeah. you're like, wow, this is amazing. And everybody's happy yeah, and joyful. Right. Totally. So what would you say to a woman who's listening right now? That is like, I feel overwhelmed. I have totally failed. Like every time I try to recommit to meal planning, I just suck at it again. So what would be a, a really easy on-ramp or first step to getting back on track with the meal plan that we could actually stick with? So I feel like we kind of base our meal planning off of five kind of key values that we feel like help just get yourself organized with meal meal planning. Uh, The first one is just to take inventory of what you already have, which like for me, you know, there's a leftover steak in the freezer. Like, what do you have? What produce needs to be used? What do you have in your freezer? What do you have in your pantry Mm -hmm. that's going expired? What cans do you need to use? And just take inventory of what you already have to help you initially spark some ideas of what you want to make for dinner. Okay. And then plan number two is, or step number two is to make a plan. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you've already gotten some ideas based off of what you have, write those down and then just talk to your kids, talk to your family. And hopefully this is happening on, you know, Friday or Saturday or Sunday, the week before to just kind of get an idea of what your plan is for the next week. Look at your schedule. Are you really busy with soccer on Tuesday night that you can't, you know, do you need to have a slow cooker night that night or something really simple? And that making a plan part, I think, starts with the inventory that you took and you're thinking, okay, I have steak and I, and maybe you have some things that you do feel competent trying to make. Mm -hmm. And then it's, picking some simple recipes and it, it helps if you have a couple of websites or that you like, or you have a couple of cookbooks at home that you're really comfortable with. And then you let, and get your family involved and pick a couple, you know, three or four dishes that fit with what you've got in the, in the fridge. And, and right then and there, you're already feeling good about yourself because yeah. you're like ready for the week and, and you're excited because you are excited about some of the things that you might be able to pull off and, and make yeah. this week. Well, and I know in the past, I, I was just buying too many groceries and then they were going bad. And I mean, that definitely, that really makes you feel like a loser because none of us have extra money to spend on groceries. I mean, they're so expensive right now. Right. And so I really had to realize I had to scale back the inventory Mm -hmm. that um, I was buying. And I also had to go back to a very simple meal rotation until I got into the habit of cooking at home again. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of went back to the recipes that I knew well. I I was not trying to try new recipes all the time, mm-hmm. like put the blinders on to Pinterest. And then once I kind of got back into the groove, then I'm like, okay, now I could try a new recipe a week or, you know, every other mm-hmm. week and find some new ones to add into the, to the mm-hmm. rotation. But I think one thing my mom did model really well was that she didn't actually care if what she was making every night was our favorite and if everyone was raving about it. It's fun to make good meals for our family and for everyone to enjoy it. But there are also nights where it's like, 
this is sustenance. Like this is just dinner and like, no, not everyone is going to love it. It's going to be their favorite, but I had to use this up or we were short on time or, you know, whatever. And so uh, I do think there are times too where it's like, it's okay if it's not our family's favorite every single night. Yeah. I think you might set yourself up for failure. If the bar is that everyone's going to love this thing I made today, every night that's failure, but the bar should be, I put food on the table tonight and it was nutritious. It was balanced. And I, you know, thought about it ahead of time. And we found too, because I have four young kids as well and I operate that same way. And I feel like that also helps with the picky eater. Yeah. At least for me, it's like my Mm -hmm. kids know this is a good meal and they might not love it every single night, but they're mm-hmm. always going to, they know this is what's for dinner and hopefully they're going to be willing to try, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, just not catering. My mom was, she'd always say, I'm not a short order cook. Like yeah. we're not going to cater towards, you know, four different, well, I want mm-hmm. this and I want, you know, we're yeah. not doing that. We're just making this meal. Yeah. It's a good meal for our family. We're going to sit down and enjoy it together. Yeah. Um, and I think too, going along with what you said of just, you know, what I might need to use up is, we were huge believers in just being flexible. Like we're obviously a recipe website and we provide recipes, but recipes are meant to be adapted. Like, yeah. like some people get so, you know, well, I didn't have this and I didn't have the tomato sauce or whatever, you know, yeah. it's like be flexible yeah. and use yeah. what you have substitute ingredients. Like, yeah. Even if you went to the store with your list, I always come home and I'm like, Oh, the onion. Yeah, I yeah. The onion. And I'm like, so or they're out of it or whatever. I, yep. man, I did all of the things I took <laughs> inventory and I forgot the onion. I failed in this moment. Yeah. But you can substitute that onion. Yeah. Use your yeah. dry minced onion right. from your pantry. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just that's a huge part of cooking. I feel like to be successful is being yeah. able to just adapt and use you know, figure out how you can adapt this recipe if you don't have every single thing perfectly yeah. that you need. Yeah. Okay. So we take inventory of what we have, what we want to use up. We make a meal plan for the next week. What's the next step? But I would say the next big step is prep ahead. And that's mm. something I'm hugely passionate about because yeah. when you have a busy schedule and especially families with young kids or lots of kids, you just have to prep ahead. So when I, once I make a plan and like our meal plans provide this as well, we, we provide tips for people like what element of this can you prepare in the morning or days before? Yeah. Because that's huge. If you can just mm-hmm. mix together these simple spices or make the marinade or yeah. chop the chicken, chop the vegetables, like just chopping yeah. vegetables takes some time. You know? I think yes. that's the key with prep ahead. It's not find time to make the meal. It's find time to just put the spices together that are going yes. on the rub or like throw the chicken in the marinade or just chop up. The, if if yeah. all I do is chop up the bell pepper that's going in this dish yeah. later, come five o'clock, yeah. I already feel like, oh, oh, I already, not only do I have the idea, but I already got started on it. And I yeah. feel like I'm winning already. So I like when I'm making my kids lunch or like when it's just a time in the morning when mm-hmm. I have some extra minutes, that's what I'm doing. Just whatever I can, even little small thing to get dinner going yeah. makes a huge difference. Cause it's always that afternoon, right. those hours that just take you over. And then it's just, everything goes out the window and yeah. you're just putting whatever you can on the table. Yeah. And I've heard even, you know, just put the pot on the stove for the pasta or the frying pan on the stove. And isn't that amazing how you walk in the door after a long day, getting the kids and everything, and you see that already there. And you're like, okay, I just, the the water's in the pot. I literally just have to turn it on. Right. 
Even that little thing makes such a huge difference. And so I love that. I've also had to train myself to, um, if I'm like at Aldi or the grocery store and I see something that's like on clearance or on sale, I would always grab those foods in the past, even if it's not something I normally cook with. And so I'd end up with these weird things in my pantry and I I would never use them. Cause again, five o'clock, I'm not thinking like, oh, how could I use that thing I got clearance, right? And it's usually close to expiration date if it's on clearance, right? And so I'd end up with all these weird things in my pantry that I never ended up using, but I bought it because it was a good deal and I was trying to save money. And I thought that was being wise with my grocery budget, right? And so I've also learned to keep a very consistent inventory now. And I really do think that probably plays into the idea of scratch cooking as well as learning how to use these simple ingredients Mm -hmm. to make really flavorful meals. And so for those of us, maybe this is in long with your steps here, how do we start to introduce more scratch cooking when we're used to just doing like pre-manufactured foods already? Well, I think part of that is if you're just starting off, just having a recipe, first of all, like having a you know starting point, because I feel so like- So what would be your, your reckon, what would be a good jumping off point? If you're like, just tell me what to do <laughs> today. Like what recipe? Would it be frying chicken from scratch or uh, making a whole chicken or like, what would be a good starting place for people to start learning these skills? I think a one pan meal of sorts, maybe mm. a cheap pan- yeah. yeah, like for someone who might go to Costco or Trader Joe's or somewhere and buy a prepackaged, you know, steak stir fry, for yeah. example. To me, like it's so expensive. They don't give you don't get very much for what you're mm-hmm. buying. And it's just not very good. <laughs> so I think just starting there with like, oh, a bell pepper, super inexpensive. We can chop this up in the morning. Steak or chicken, whatever your meat is, mm-hmm. also something you can easily prep in advance. And just add a couple seasonings too. Yeah. And it cooks very quickly. You for someone just starting out, I think a lot of recipe bloggers have 30 minute meals. And mm-hmm. those would generally lend themselves to being basic, but mm-hmm. usually sort of from scratch, you're using real ingredients. Um, but you're also cooking and you're kind of hitting all mm-hmm. of those buckets. So I would look for 30 minute meals, mm-hmm. find something that looks basic for your family, and then start to grow your repertoire of what mm-hmm. feels comfortable. Cause I'm with you. I think sometimes we're at the store and I'm thinking I'm at the store and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be successful this week. And I'm like, maybe I'll make that thing I saw on Pinterest. Maybe I'll make that thing. And I kind of just start putting stuff in my basket. And then that green onion that I thought maybe I would use for that one thing goes bad. And I'm like, Oh, so you can't go to the store just all of a sudden putting stuff in your cart that's cheap. And you're feeling really good about yourself. You really do need a little bit of a, a plan and some a guideline. Yeah, I love that idea though of thinking, taking something that you already buy, maybe prepackaged or a convenience meal. I mean, like, hey, I can find a recipe for this online, and I can start. And I know one of my frustrations. Um, earlier on with cooking was that I always felt like I didn't cook the meat right. Like the chicken was tough, the steak was tough. And so I've learned now that it actually takes some practice and I want Mm -hmm. to be, you know, as good as my grandma in the kitchen right off the bat. And now I'm learning. I'm like, okay, there was, there was, practice involved with. And I learned like, what is the best cooking time and the best cooking temperature and the best cooking oil and the best pan that I have to use? Like there's actually a lot of variables that go into it, but I keep trying and experimenting and trying different things. And so again, being flexible, I think willing to have a little grace with ourselves that yes, it Mm -hmm. might not turn out initially as well as the one from Costco, but if we'll stick with it, that um, over time, we really do start to develop these skills. Definitely. And 
too, kind of like we talked about earlier, it being a bad thing, the, the good part of social media and all this stuff is there's just a wealth of knowledge and videos to learn so much more than, you know, our moms and their moms could. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I feel like most to give credit to most food bloggers out there, I feel like they do are really intentional about trying to give tons of tips and yeah. videos to just walk you through the whole process. So even just pulling up the quick video, if you're a visual person to, you know, listen to like a video on a website that's actually giving you a step-by-step kind of tutorial of how to make mm-hmm. this dish is hugely helpful for people who are yeah. just starting off. Yeah. And I've also, uh, it started involving our kids and it, it, it that can be stressful in the beginning, but now we actually, I mean, we've highly simplified our kitchen um, and which helped it make it so I could involve the kids, I think. And I'll never forget our oldest was nine and we were watching um, a YouTube video. It was Darcy Isabella, who's a, a minimalist and her daughter, Francesca, was eight at the time and was making a full dinner. And I remember Adeline was, she was like, what how old is she she must she's like she must be older that she's making this full meal and I'm like I'm pretty sure she's eight and it was like Adeline was like challenge accepted (laughs) and like and so she's like okay I'm gonna make dinner tonight right and and ever since then and she had already been like cooking a little bit but now um I mean she can she could easily within that year make a full meal as well and so sometimes I think we underestimate um at what age our kids can start helping but what's been so fun to see is the confidence that it creates in them when they're like I made that and I created this and I can do this and so I'm so glad that we've started incorporating them in it because I know they feel like they're contributing and and it gives them confidence but it, it also well it takes stress off of me too and it's just it's made cooking uh more fun when we're doing it together yeah that's so funny that you said that because it's like we're just on the exact same wavelength because that is our fifth tip is to involve your family hmm. and i feel the same way i'm so passionate about teaching your kids to cook so that you yeah. can kind of break this generational habit if it is of yeah this you know cooking's hard and cooking stressful involve them because it's a skill they're going to need their whole life yeah and it's and it'll make so your life so and, much easier too. yeah and honestly they're fun. those ages my daughter's the same she's she's just turned nine years old they love to be a part of it she yeah. wants to have an opinion about dinner she wants to help cook and learn and yeah it makes the whole process more exciting when they yeah are involved in what we chose to make and what we're making so i think it's a great idea have your kids mm-hmm. help if you know, have them turn on that pot of water for you when you're on yeah. your way home from work or have them, you know, be in charge of a meal that week. They, if yeah. there's a free night that they have, be like, Hey, you know, you choose dinner and we're going to let you be the lead on this. Yeah. And I know, you know, in the beginning, Tom's like, Whoa, you're letting the kids use the gas stove and knives. And I'm like, they're, we, I mean, we do safety, right. But they're very capable. I mean, they yeah. all they're now cook and yeah. yeah. Very and so, confidence building for them. Yes. I mean, now cause we homeschool too. They're in charge of their own um, breakfast and then each child rotates through being in charge of lunch and then I'll, I'll take on dinner. And I mean, my goodness, what a help it is to me. But again, the skills that they are learning and they'll look up new recipes on their own and try and they'll be like, mom, can you get this when you're grocery shopping? It's been so fun. Um, I've also heard it recommended, um, for kids, the America's test kitchen, they have a cookbook and a recipe yeah, we have book. That cookbook. My daughter does. It's yeah. awesome. So a great Christmas gift as well. Yes. And your guys' uh, book. Tell us a little bit more about your book because I think that would be a great adult gift as well. Yeah, and that's fun too. My, we, my kids actually use that all the time. Like it's very much geared towards easy family recipes. We cool. kind of gathered our favorite recipes from mm-hmm. growing up and a few new recipes, but it is geared towards 
just if you are just starting out cooking or just starting out meal planning, mm-hmm. every recipe in there is going to be family friendly and it's going to be really awesome. simple and yeah. quick to get on the table. I think that was the goal. That our cookbook is not if you're looking for like some fancy, creative, crazy new dish. That's not what it is. But what yeah, it is good. is <laughs> good. I'm not looking for that. <laughs> yeah. Really basic family recipes that mm-hmm. sort of just the the best of the basics. Yeah. Uh, yes. That our our families have grown up loving, and we just picked yeah. our very favorite 110. Yeah, and I'd say like better than your grandma's sloppy joes. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> they're better than maybe the average basic. What you grew up with? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're yeah. delicious, but they yeah. are definitely family friendly and easy. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely link to that as well. And I actually really like how, even though I'm a minimalist, I try not to have a lot of extra stuff around. I find myself really liking cookbooks because I do get overwhelmed. Your blog is beautiful and everything, but I sometimes get overwhelmed sorting through all the recipes. So I love a good book to just sit down and, and to flip through and to put post-it notes on the, the ones we're going to try for the week. So that's so cool. Yeah. So we'll link to that. It's um, like curated content. Like, oh, this is what somebody picked as like the best. The best, yeah. So I don't have to search through, you know, thousands of recipes. Yeah, I love that. Um, but you guys are identical twins as well, which I think is so fun. And so what... For my, for Diana and I, so many who watched our channel has gotten, they've gotten to know Diana. I am type B. She is very type A. And it, it just always amazes me that we, we literally have a hundred percent the same DNA and we can be so different. Um, but it's good. We, we always got along really well growing up. I know I've heard sometimes twins are like, oh, we fought and we didn't get along, which saddens me because I think being a twin is such a cool gift. And so how are you guys similar and different too? You took the words out of our mouth. We, we feel the same way. Well, not about the different personalities, but about the uh, feelings that like, get along. so sad yeah. for people that didn't take advantage of that. Awesome it is gift. such a gift. I, I love the way that you phrase that because it yeah. really, we feel like it's such a gift. We, I think we might, sounds like we might be a little more similar than you and Diana. Okay. We are pretty kind of finish each other's sentences. Our thought processes are exactly the same. <clears throat> We're both kind of type A. Um, we do have different interests. Yeah. I feel like we have different interests and different strengths in ways. Like when it comes to our business, everything that she does that's to do with answering emails and, you know, some new business ideas and reach brand outreach and things like just stress me out. And I just want to be in the kitchen and creating recipes. So we complement each other well, but yeah. And the idea of making food and taking picture, we used to do it that together, both take turns, like, and making a dinner and trying to take images of it and trying to make it perfect. Like she will test a recipe five times before it's good enough for the website. It's a good thing I'm not in charge of it because (laughs) They'd all be you're like two times. We're good. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we have definitely different strengths in that way. But we're we're quite a bit alike, I would say, too. Yeah. Yeah. So did people mix you up growing up? Was it hard for people to tell you apart? No. Yes and no. I would say we grew up in a small community. So, you know, we the kids we went to high school with, we knew since kindergarten, a lot of them. But I would say teachers often. Yeah. yeah, We had fun with teachers like we would switch classes. So everyone in the class knew that it wasn't (laughs) who it was supposed to be, but the teachers would never know. Yeah. And then so that was but that was kind of weird because I feel like most people could tell us apart. And then we went to college. So it seemed very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But the second we went to college and we roomed Mm -hmm. together was hard because okay. it was just, we were the twins. Like people just yes. couldn't tell. And they didn't really want to take the time to figure out. The yeah. Right? The differences. And they would ask you, right? Would people ask you like, oh, how can we tell you apart, right? Yes, yes. all the so time. So what would you tell them? What was your answer for that? Um, I usually had Liz had shorter name and shorter hair. Mm. Oh my goodness, we did that too. 
yes. <laughs> what was yours? Um, so I actually have two scars on my cheeks. And so that was, well, I wouldn't generally point that out, but people would notice that. They'd be like, oh, we can tell by that. But then they would say like, oh, but I forgot which name goes with that, right? And so um, it was really interesting because growing up, I didn't realize that people didn't use my name very much because they didn't know which one we were. Mm -hmm. And for people that knew us well, same thing. They were like, oh, you're so easy to tell apart. Anybody that knew us well could tell us apart, but people that were just getting to know us, um, and so we went to separate colleges and I will not forget when we went to college, it was like within like the first month of, uh, me being there, I'm like, oh my goodness, people use my name all the time because now there wasn't the other one, right? That they were there. I was just on, like, there was no questioning it. Right. And I'm like, that's what it's like to not have a twin is people yeah. use your name all the time. And it was the other thing that happened. Cause I was always quieter and more reserved was, um, I had a friend come up from high school and come and visit. And, uh, it was my roommate and I and her, and we were just in my dorm talking and she was like, oh my gosh, Don, I have never heard you talk that much. And I realized that I didn't. I just, I very gladly took the backseat. I don't care. I don't need the spotlight. I did not care. Um, but I realized that Diana was the one that did most of the talking um, and I was just along for the ride. And so then she was, and my roommate was like, what are you talking about? She talks all the time. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've kind of like come out of my shell now, I guess, yeah, yeah. being at college. So does one of you talk more than the other or are we both kind of even? I think in the beginning, Lauren was maybe a little more of like the dominant mm -hmm. twin. Like mm -hmm. our kindergarten teacher did an experiment like where we would draw our families. And my mom always talks about Lauren drew herself like really big and her family really big. And I drew my family kind of normal. And I drew myself really small. Interesting. <laughs> yep. kinda, I, I definitely took a back seat for a while. Mm -hmm. At one point she got a more serious boyfriend who she ended up marrying, but they kind of separated themselves a little bit more. And that was definitely a moment of like, wow, kind of your experience going to college where I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm my own person now. Yeah. And I am really kind of rising to the occasion and talking more and getting more involved. So, yeah. So did you get married long after Lauren? Cause Diana and I were about eight years apart and that was actually very hard for her. I mean, me, yeah. I was moving on. I was getting married, having kids. I was doing all the exciting stuff and she's just like, no, I can imagine that would be kind of hard. She only got married about uh, a couple of years, years before, before okay. me, mm -hmm. Not quite but it was a definitely a strange three years. And we hadn't at that point really lived separately or anything. Okay. So it was like some growing pains of yeah. figuring out who I am without being a yeah. twin. Like anymore. I'm super happy for you. But... Moved to St. Louis and <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Did yeah. You, uh, did you experience all the family reunions growing up? It sounds like maybe you didn't notice as much, but I always notice we go to a family reunion and our aunts and uncles are there and they'll always say, Hi, yeah. hi, girly. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it was very obvious yes. to me that the name they was left know. off. Hi, yeah. sweetheart. Yep, we were the girls. Like it was yeah. just the girls. Like, and it's fine, right? Because you're like, oh, there's so many good things that go along with it. Mm -hmm. So if, if people don't know my name, it, it's fine. But definitely. it it's it's definitely different growing up that way. And do you have older or younger siblings too? We have three older brothers. So oh, wow. my mom always said God had to send us together to. Yeah. You know, we needed each other, these three older boys. So fun to get to visit with you guys today. What would be your, your parting words um, to encourage women that they're capable of cooking from scratch? They can feel way more empowered in this area in their life. Just start making a plan and you just have to start, right? Yeah. Just make your yeah. plan. Start with one week, you know, for five days, Monday through Friday or even Monday through Thursday, because I like to eat out on the weekends. Like make a nice. plan for yeah. four days. Mm -hmm. and just just start there and every yeah. week just try and just take those baby steps start with foods that you're familiar with and you're comfortable yeah. with 
And yeah, hopefully you'll just feel that joy of cooking kind of infiltrate your, your family and your home yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And I will add too, I have found that highly decluttering and simplifying my kitchen, um, really setting it up to serve me in this season of life has made a huge difference. I think part of the reason we didn't enjoy our kitchen growing up was that, I mean, we had a small house, but it was just cluttered. There was stuff in it we weren't using, you know, we just thought needed to be in there. And now that I've given myself permission to only have stuff in my kitchen that I'm using right now in this season, it just, it's easy to clean. It's easy to tidy and it's much more enjoyable to be in and and therefore easier to involve the kids as well. I would totally echo that. I think my mom always has, our dad's a doctor and she would use the analogy of like, honey, can you, imagine that when you walk into the operating room it's a disaster and you have to before you, you actually start everywhere yeah, yeah before you start surgery that day you have to clean it all up she's like that's why it's important for me to go to bed with a clean kitchen and cleaned yeah. off like the counters are clean yeah. everything's and put just away decluttered and it's decluttered and, there's just not a lot of stuff so that yeah. when you're in there and you're and this is your workspace you yeah. feel like prepared and ready yeah. and it's not a disaster so i, I definitely yeah, yeah. That's important oh start. that's awesome Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for visiting with us. We'll definitely link to your blog. You do offer free weekly meal plans, which is huge. Again, even if you don't cook every recipe, I was just looking at the one for this week had like lasagna soup. And again, it's snowing here in Minnesota. So I'm like, bring on all the soups and the chilies and everything right now. And I'm like, I, I know Adeline, our 12 year old, would just be like so excited to try that out. So I'm like, okay, putting that on the meal plan <laughs> for this week. Yeah. So cool how many free resources you offer. And then also uh, your cookbook looks so cool as well. So we'll definitely link to that. So Thanks great so to much. visit with you guys. And uh, hopefully we can visit again sometime soon. Definitely. So Thanks fun. So Thanks for John. having us. Thank you for joining us on the Minimal Mom Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe leave a review, and share it with a friend who might find value in embracing a simplified life.